You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 102, recorded February 14th, 2021. The topic for this episode is the Once Ship Stealer Part 1. If you couldn't tell already, I'm your host for this episode. I am Elemist. Hi, I'm Orchid. And for podcast info, uh, we encourage feedback that can be sent to us on Twitter at Guardians underscore lore, at Hey It's Orchid, or at I underscore am underscore Elemist. You can email us at Guardians underscore lore at Outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you find the podcast. And you know what? Why don't you just jump in our Discord? We've got the, the invite down in the description thingy. The uh, description thingy? Yes. Very, very technical. <laughs> wow. Very technical. Good English. English and good this morning. But, yeah. Uh, you can also find our info at thelorenetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators. So, this week at Guardians of Lore, Twoggle. Mm-hmm. New season. Who dis? This Elemist. Oh, okay. Season of the <laughs> thick. Bungie was like, oh, hey, you like tall women. We got you. We got you. We got you. We got thick ladies. You like thick ladies? We got thick ladies. And I'm like, cool beans. I like thick ladies. Mm. And uh, boy, do we have one. Kyattle. Cattle. <laughs> I'm here. It's not cattle. She's not a cow. No. No. How <laughs> dare you body shame her. She's beautiful. Man, I really have a thing for that family, don't I? They're sweet. You do. Mm. Uh, I am here for it. Kind of sad. What? If How dad, if dad and daughter would have a pet together, you would be that pet. What? Oh, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Right. That's so sweet. Oh. It's Valentine's anyway. Day, so I figured I might as well be nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Happy Valentine's Day, sweetie. Yeah, to you too. No. <laughs> Christ. So, um, the helm looks really awesome. The helm is so cool. I love it so much. I'm so into it. I love the what actual do you think like of the prismatic recaster. Um, mm. I am mad that it 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 doesn't yell at me anymore. Um, Bungie, you had one job and you fucked it up. Like it's not over by Drifter, so I I can understand it not having the Drifter lines, but let it have some Zavala lines. 
Why doesn't it yum at me? Why don't I have the option to make it yum? <laughs> I had one request. And that was for it to yum when I put umbrella grams <laughs> in it. It's the only thing I wanted. First, you took away crimson doubles. Now, the now prismatic you... recaster doesn't yum at me. <laughs> are you allergic to fun? Because I think you are. <laughs> wow. Except at that, least like... you gave me a thick lady. So, well, like, I don't think they're allergic to fun because the battlegrounds are pretty fun. Battlegrounds are pretty fun. Um, I really smashing a chest at the end, uh, is rather cathartic, right? I, I do like doing a smashy smash at the end, that is pretty good. Um, and it was a little confusing figuring all that out. In typical Bungie fashion, I had no idea what I was doing in the beginning of the season because there are literally no directions on how to do anything. Ever. Ever, ever. It was kind of written in the quest, but not in enough detail to be helpful. No. It was not helpful at all. It and... was like, oh, just go run this mission. Mm -hmm. But it didn't really tell you, like, oh, hey, there's going to be three chests behind the actual final chest. Um, Go pop one of those. It wasn't that. It was, like, you need to make sure you have this medallion, like, slotted in your, like, hammer to be able to get gold to do the thing. Hey, Orchid, Question mark? slot your runes. What? Yeah, see, this is a very reminiscent of <laughs> doing shit for, for her daddy, which is for, I know, and I was like, man, like, I had, like, really good feels for Menagerie, and so I was like, oh, man, I love slotting rooms. This is, like, my favorite thing. But then it made me just want to do Menagerie, and I got really sad because Menagerie is ten times better than this. I'm, I'm having fun uh. with it. Um, I'm having fun with it, too. I'm, like, not mad about it. I do like the fact that we're literally given four powerfuls a week from it. Yeah. Or three. Something like that. It's so, it, You have to, like, charge your uh, hammer to get the powerfuls, I think. Well, no, I'm specifically right? talking about, you... like, if you get six clears, or if you do it, like, uh -huh. six times, you get a powerful from that. Okay. Just, like, the, the oh. strikes, three per week. It, just like doing the, the okay. three strikes per week with, with the matching subclass. It's okay. just like that. Um, but it's oh. at six, nine, and 12 completions for the week. Oh. Because I've just been doing them. I don't know. I've been... I did more Nightfalls. Oh my like, god, right? Before... before like, st until the recording... So from the beginning of the season to now, like, so what is that, five days? I've done yeah. more Nightfalls in five days this season than I did all of last season. Right. That should tell you something. Right. Like, and it's just because I really like Double Slayer. <laughs> oh, my God. And and I love the changes that they made to it. I, um, 
I really like that they have the music from Rise of Iron in it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't I don't have my music turned on in the game. I usually have my own music playing because when I stream I have my own music playing. Because like half the time in Destiny there is no music playing. Or if there is, it's just like the same crappy music we always hear. So I have the music turned off and I have my own music playing. Um, so someone's like, you need to turn your music on right now. I'm like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> um, so I turned my music on and I'm like, oh my god, this is my jam. And then I turned my music way up and it was the best thing ever. It like made my day. I have so. had so much fun with it. Mm-hmm. Like, like Orchid said, we are literally like five days into the season i already have 18 nightfall completions oh my god i'm i've only done seven nightfalls that's how many nightfalls i did last i I am literally trying to get a shadow price like at this point i just want any of them to drop oh i have two yeah i know you're welcome (laughs) everyone like i have been in I, I do most of my nightfalls with clanmates. A good chunk of my nightfalls, somebody has gotten it except me. But that's kind of how my luck goes. If I don't really... Is this wa- going to be your duty bound? If I... Well, so like... The thing is, if if I really want something and I try to go get it, it usually doesn't drop right away for me. But if I don't want it, or I, I mm-hmm. understand that it's going to take me a while to grind it out. I get it immediately. Mm-hmm. Eyes of Tomorrow. That's how it works for everybody. Mm-hmm. Eyes of Tomorrow. Got it on my second run. Yep. Got 1K. On my first run. <laughs> like. Yep. But I'm 18 Nightfalls yep. in and I haven't gotten a single Shadow Price. Like at this it's point, okay. I just want good. any. <laughs> not very good it's okay but see you're looking at it from a pvp standpoint i'm looking at it from a pve standpoint it's i'm looking at it because i don't it's not a very fast firing stand it's not a very fast firing auto rifle and the magazine's not very large so i'm just like meh right so So you probably dismantle them oh no i didn't i have them i i just to me i'm just i'm i used it and i wasn't impressed so i just kind of put it away i'll hold on to it because i might like it later but for now i i have it and um yeah it's kind of like i think it's just not the right roles i have to find the right roles and see so my thing is it can roll with overflow and dragonfly yeah or feeding frenzy and dragonfly. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that's what I'm looking for, that's and what you it's want. just, mm. it's just not rolling for me. Like I, I can't even get a right. single one. At this point, I would be mm-hmm. happy with just a crappy one, just so that I can yeah. get a feel for the gun. Right. I mean, you can log on my account and use it if you want. No, I'd rather. You're like, I don't want your tainted gun. Right? It's got PvP PvP all over it. Stank hands all over it. Yeah, I know exactly. (laughs) PvP all over it. 
It's fucking uh, gross. Doesn't wash your PvP hands. Blah. Right. Speaking of my PvP hands. <laughs> so how is Trials? Uh, so I did Trials on Friday night because I always do Trials the first week of the season. Every single season because I always want to see how Trials is. Toki. Okay, I'm going to have to hold you because you're being obnoxious. Um, it was okay, actually. It, a lot of people, usually it's really terrible because it's just, um, it's just recubs and cheaters because that's how Trials always is. I played on Xbox because at least that kind of limits the people that you come across. Well, it, it, um, it, it eliminates some of the cheaters specifically. I mean, you could still get DDoS, but... Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like we run on VPNs, so right. at least that kind of limits it, right? Um, or at least we try to. I mean, it makes your connection not as great. Yeah, I found, which really kind of sucks. But I'd rather have a worse connection and at least have that kind of protection. Like I. I mean, I know that DDoS protection is coming for consoles, uh, and that is like a necessity because, and that was that was in a TWAB like two TWABs ago, I think. I think so. That yeah, I think it was two TWABs ago. Uh... Something like that. Yep. But with the with DDoSing, at least like running a VPN, at least you have like a little bit of protection. And I have a VPN built into my modem. So that helps. It helps a bit. Yeah. A bit, a bit. Um and I mean honestly, like my team's not good enough to warrant being DDoS. So yeah. Uh <laughs> The first, the first, um, it was funny. The first day of the season, I was playing with my friend Chaos, and we got the servers were so bad, or his internet was so bad that, um, we got disconnected multiple times and then got limited out of comp and then couldn't play comp <laughs> because the servers, like, there's so many errors the first day of the season that. Yeah, that we couldn't play Crucible at all. So, cool. That was neat. Trials was fine. Um, we went flawless. Uh, I got two pulse rifles. Messenger is good. Uh, it rolls with Desperado, and I really want that roll, but I did not get it. I got two really trash rolls. I got a good PvE roll, but I would not. I tried using it today, actually, on console. Um, this morning, I woke up super early this morning for some reason. I really don't know why. I went to bed super early last night. Um, but I was doing a battlegrounds and ran my messenger pulse rifle and it has, uh, what's it have on it? An all for one and a moving target, which is a weird role. Um, not a roll I would recommend. It's kind of a trash roll. I'll probably just infuse it into something else. Um, 
Yeah. It's it's not great. But my other one that I'll probably keep is a celerity, um, which is really great for trials and comp and um, uh, killing wind, which if you can kill the other team fast enough and, and have and be dead, everyone else be dead. I mean, wow. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it has to be like a really specific situation for those perks to like really help you i don't know i actually i like the pulse rifle the pulse rifle is pretty great the armor is what i wanted and it's really pretty like it's obnoxiously pretty and it comes with a if it with its own shader on it so i got a new shader that i promptly removed and put iridescent coral on top of so oof yeah, you know how I am. I like to make everything really obnoxious. Well, because at that point, like, you just lost the shader. Yeah, but I wasn't going to, like, dismantle my armor. Yeah. All it means is you need to go run it again on a different weekend that you're not happy about the actual reward. Well... It just means I'll have to, like, go do more trials. That's fine. I still haven't turned my tokens in yet. That Maybe that I'll works. go get more armor. That mm-hmm. works. Well, it's just chest armor. The roll that I got wasn't very good. Yeah, but still. It's only a 55. Which, for having it it's... be the flawless Ew. award, like, a 55 is terrible. Like, it so... should have been over 60. So, I have had that rant about Deepstone Crypt. Yeah. It should not, like, each drop in there is a pinnacle drop. It should not drop below 60. You can have full runs that you just get armor that's all, like, 55, 57, and it it doesn't feel good. Because you're like, yes, I finally got the chest piece. Oh, it's shit. <laughs> you know, this season has been better with rolls. I've actually gotten um, prime engrams that have rolled like 62, 63 armor pieces. Like I've gotten armor that's been more generous with its rolls. Um, so I don't know if they retuned how things are rolling and if they have, that's really good because if you're making me look at my armor every single season and like remasterwork my shit because my trials armor mm-hmm. now that I got, um, last year, now it's been a year since that trials armor came out and I still use that armor. That is my main armor that I use the, that goes to 1360. So I won't be able to use it much longer, you know? Yeah. You've got next like, season and then you have to I replace have next it. Season. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the so thing. Since the, and, and that's like, the thing. Like if, if they're going to f- double down on the whole sunsetting of armor, 
they need to make it easier to actually get good roles. And I'm not just talking stat-wise. Like, in the season pass for Warlock, okay? Yeah, they've got 66 roles, but it's all in resilience and intellect. Intellect, okay, good. But resilience on a Warlock? I don't ever run resilience on my Warlock. That's dumb. Exactly. Like... Just, I run like 20 resilience on my warlock. Like just pulling the armor straight out of the, the season pass. I can get up to like 60 intellect or 60 intellect and 60 um, resilience on a warlock. That is not good. 60 intellect on a warlock is super good, but I'd rather have my points be in... Recovery my grenade or, or right i run really i'm a weird warlock in which i run really low recovery because i figure if i'm running a really low resilience my recovery is going to be really low because i'm just going to die so yeah <laughs> you're the net not at heart yeah i figure i'm just gonna get killed so yeah Mm-hmm. This is why I have such a low KD, because I'm just going to get ganked. <laughs> and on that note, um, here's a Lord Network ad. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord Network. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86, host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern-day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. Okay. That good was good ad. That was a good ad. It was. So, brief intro to the topic. This lore book is obtained by completing various European triumphs, such as completing the Beyond Light com- campaign. Uh, Empire Hunts, and the Deepstone Crypt Raid. I will read... Words are hard. I will read this first chapter, The Prisoner. In the depths of the Prison of Elders, Aramis is the Kel of No House. Outside, she is a firebrand of house devils, the arch fiend of Twilight Gap the ship stealer. But here, she has no house. Here, she reigns all on her own. In the arena, where Elixni runs and leaderless Cabal challenge her, she rules with a broken arc spear for a scepter. It's the strongest weapon they'll give her, and she bends it to her will. No matter how many times the Aether Fat Guards try to send her to her death in that arena, she triumphs. She kills their champions, watches the ether hiss from their masks, 
watches the gel leak out of their suits. She begins to cherish the smell of a good fight. Blood, sweat, ether, fear. She imagines that one day a banner will be emblazoned with a broken spear and an inverted crown. House of Anarchy. House of Riot. House of Aramis. House of Nothing. When there is only one Kel, there is no need for houses. Today, she fights the centurion of the Broken Red Legion. Money changes hands. His pauldrons are scuffed with the memory of battle, and he's been given a war hammer. He raises it to cheers and peacocks for the crowd. Aramis tosses her broken spear between her hands, waiting. Two glowing pinpoint eyes focus on her as the centurion turns. He swings the hammer at her, and she rolls out of the way. He swings it again, but she's behind him now and out of his sightline. Like a creature searching for a fly on its back, he struggles to find her. She jams the sparking head of her arc spear into a notch in his armor and uses the leverage to vault herself onto his shoulder. He rages like a near-sea beast, all fury and stupidity, and nearly throws her from his shoulders. She tries to pull her spear free, but his giant hand knocks her senseless for a moment. The spear releases at the last minute. She grabs the top. Arc energy bites her palm as she jams the tip of the blade under the edge of his helmet and into his neck. He screams. Before he falls, she leaps off and lands on her feet. The crowd never cheers for her. Instead, they whisper. No prison will hold Aramis Kel, they say. Aramis Kel is a devil greater than the devils themselves. Aramis Kel does not know how to lose. Until she comes up against us. <laughs> Orchid Kel does not know how to read. Ah, that's fair. <laughs> so, I actually really like the fact that she leans into the fact that she is just trying to create anarchy. Like she's, she's it, like it says here, you know, she imagines that one day a banner will be emblazoned with a broken spear and an inverted crown. Uh, house of Anarchy, House of Riot, House of Aramis, House of Nothing. When there is only one Kel, there is no need for houses. Like, she sees herself as the Kel of Kells, just judging from that information right there. Um, and it's 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 very bold of her. It almost seems like everybody who actually takes up the mantle and... and thinks that they're the Kel of Kells, we go in and wipe them. I mean, she kind of has a claim to it, though, because the whole fighting scene is kind of badass. Oh, it and is. And it seems like this happens regularly, the way it's told. It It, it is. Um, I mean, it's the Prison of Elders. Uh, and yeah. this is before the Prison actual cool. breakout. Right. So, like, this is before um, Cade died, before the actual, right? you know, prison break. Mm-hmm. Back when we used to do Prison of Elders? Possibly. Um, actually, judging by the rest, like, I, I just looked at the very next entry, and it, it talks about the wolves 
like the house of wolves. So it makes me think that it's like back in D1. So this this first entry is actually taking be. place back then. Yeah. So it could be us running it. Mhm. Mm it's always so hard for me to figure out like when things take place. Sometimes. Right. Shall we read the next one? Yep. I will dive into two, the wolf. The neighboring cell holds a wolf. She ignores him at first. He's too greedy for her acknowledgement. Sometimes he reminds her of the needy dregs that followed her old kel, like carrion birds, squawking for attention and squabbling over his kills. What the Elixni have lost, more than anything else, is dignity. Eventually, the wolf learns to intrigue her. He calls himself Praxis, and he has ideas, but he's young. He thinks every idea he conceives of is the first and best of its kind. She suspects he's never had to report directly to Akel. He likes to talk about machines, building them and bending them to his will. He has a mad idea about recapturing the great machine, binding it in arc wire, and making it give them its power. He's been listening to the stories about Gaul. She lets him talk, and she asks him questions. Every question is a whetstone, every conversation is a test, and it will only take one failure to lose her interest. The great machine made the elixni great, she says, until it left us. When it did, we were weaker than when it arrived. Why do you seek its touch again? To return us to that strength, he says. His voice is muffled through the wall between them, but the arrogance comes through clear. How can you build strength on a foundation of weakness? She asks. Each word is a needle. Each word should sting him with revelation. He remains silent. Did the great machine make the elixni strong, or did it draw out the strength within us? She asks. Again, silence. She tilts her head back, looking at the dark ceiling of her cell. Reliance is the greatest weakness. Remember that. You are playing with a child's stacking spheres. He's silent so long that she begins to wonder if he was worth her time. Then he says, I will create new spheres. She closes her eyes and smiles. Hmm, so we learn about Praxis. Yep. Praxis being uh, one of the three... Um, For the Empire Hunt. One of the three Empire Hunt trusted lieutenants of Aramis that we fight. Yep. Neat. I'm pulling That's it pretty up. That's much all I have. I'm pulling it up now to, to remember which... Which one it is. Yeah. I think it's the one that has the little... That when you go in, it has the things that you have to shoot. That you, like, go, like... That you're jumping from, like, all the platforms. And then you have to, like, shoot the floaty things. Those, like, drones that sit yes, above you. Yes, you're right. The technocrat. Yeah. 
Oh, I hated this asshole. <laughs> Why do you hate this one? This is the one I've done the most out of the three. Because cold snap grenades can still hit you if you're mm. in the air. Mm-hmm. Jumping from the platform and all of a sudden there's nothing beneath you and you freeze. True. It took me 30 minutes when that, like when Beyond Light first came out, it took me 30 minutes to actually clear this on my first playthrough. Oh. Uh, but that being said, um, we actually do get a hint of a timeline here. So we know that all of this happened in the Prison of Elders, which means it happened before the prison break. Mm hmm. This is true. But it also mentions. So they've known each other for quite a while. But it also mentions stories about Gaul. It makes me wonder how long um, Gaul stories or legends of Gaul have been floating around. Well, I mean, Gaul was a warrior. Well, and it conquered worlds. But the thing is, it was talking about recapturing the great machine. You know, he's been listening to the stories about Gaul. So right. it makes me think that it's it's between when we clear vanilla campaign and the beginning of Forsaken. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, he has a mad idea about recapturing the great machine. Binding it binding in arc wire. And making it give yeah. them its power. He's been listening to the stories about Gull. Okay. Okay, so this is after then. Yep. So, it, it, like, it gives us... An... So there's our timeline. Yeah. yeah. About a year. Okay. I do want to note that we're already seeing Aramis's hatred of machines. Mm -hmm. And like specifically the traveler because it gives light. Right. Um, and it, it caused the actual. Well, it wasn't the cause, but it was one of the causes of the whirlwind. Right. Mm -hmm. So like we're seeing her hatred start bubbling up here. She and um, she and Variks are actually fairly similar where they believe in. Um, the great machine bringing out the strength that the Lixney already have within them. Mm hmm. And not saying that, like, the great machine gave them strength. And so it's, it's fascinating how they, like, really diverge on that idea and went completely and utterly separate ways and how they kind of want to get to that same ideal in the end. Yeah. Like, I I I, like I I see all Elixni wanting to raise up their their race mm -hmm. back to like its former glory, but yeah, it's the methods that are differing. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Aramis is doing it by sheer power alone, no matter where that power comes from. Whereas mm -hmm. Varix is trying to do it in accordance with, like, the old traditions. You know, rebuilding based off of what we were at our highest. Okay. Shall I read the next one? Yep. All right. Chapter three. 
the traitor. On the day of the prison break, Aramis is nursing a gut wound. It's not fatal, or at least she doesn't think so. She won the match in the arena, but not before an arrogant captain drove a sword into her side. It cut through her devil robes and left a bloom of blood that reminds her of the water flowers on Reese. Atheris loved water flowers. She's dozing when Varix arrives at her cell. Aramis. She opens her eyes and then narrows them immediately. Despite the wound, she stands. Too quick, she gets dizzy and steps towards the cell door. Traitor, she says in greeting. Varix flinches. He shakes his head, lowers his eyes. Even with the door between them, she can see his fear. It buoys her. There is change to come, he says quietly in Elixni, and then looks over his shoulder. His eyes dart back and forth, fearful, suspicious. He switches suddenly to the clumsy, common language of the Guardians. Change Varix will make, yes? Change Varix will lead, but Varix, too, will need a leader. Aramis laughs. You wish to make me your prisoner, Kel? No, Varix cringes. Varix wishes. I do not care what you wish, Varix the loyal, she says. There are Elixni who change in the shadow of prison bars. They fall. They shrink. But Aramis has grown. She must show Varix that even with the steel between them, he is smaller. He is still a dreg pretending to be a vandal. If there is justice in this world, one day I will dock your last two arms and leave you for dead. Something in Varric's eyes hardens. They share a tense silence. Finally, he says in a voice as cold as ether, Do not say that Varric did not try to help. He leaves and Aramis settles herself again on the floor of her cell. Later that day, an alarm sounds. The warden projects a message in Varix's voice. The door of her cell opens, unprompted, as frenzied Alexi and Cabal charge through the prison, thirsting for freedom. And there is the prison break. I think we know exactly what day that is. Right. I... That, that conversation between Varix and... And Aramis is just very, it's very charged. It, like, Varix is trying to be, like, he's he's trying to, to get Aramis on her side, or on his side. And she's just not having it. Going, like, going even further to say, you know, if there is justice in this world one day, I will dock your last two arms and leave you for dead. Mm-hmm. And we know that that's physically that's an issue for Varix because the two arms that were docked were his upper arms, and those right. do not grow back. Nope. The lower arms do. Yeah, exactly. As long as they have a steady um, supply of ether. Mm-hmm. And at at this point, right. I'm I'm also looking back at um. Varric's, or uh, most loyal, the most loyal lore book about how Varric didn't really have 
a large supply of ether. He was looking kind of gaunt and thin. So like that that's the equivalent of like telling somebody that, you know, if if I get out of here, I'm going to take your last eye or or whatever, you know? Mhm. Yeah. Like that's someone who's trying to help you and just saying like, yeah, I'm going to stab you on the way out. Cool. Like, bye. It's, right. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but geez. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The one thing um, that Orchid and I were piecing together before the actual reading, it mentions Atheris. Uh, Atheris loved water flowers. And and we had to piece it together from a couple um, bits that are outside the lore book. Mm -hmm. And it actually boils down to the fact that Athras is Aramis's mate. Mm -hmm. um, Athras loved the fact that, you know, Aramis was stubborn and powerful and Aramis loved the fact that Athras was gentle mm -hmm. um and it it's I need to look it up again because apparently actually... um according to Destinypedia since they are very good at pulling all this information together Athras is a fallen who was once the lover of Aramis Kell of Darkness the pair admired each other deeply, with Athras finding her partner's strength and stubbornness endearing, and Aramis cherishing her gentle nature. They lived together on the Elixni homeworld of Reese before the whirlwind and had many hatchlings together. Mm -hmm. Athras was fond of the blooming waterflowers native there. She is apparently an artisan and builder of some renown, though what exactly she created is unknown. Varix the Loyal described her as kind, wise, and clever, and the two had a substantial friendship before their exodus. Yep. Given Athras's absence at Aramis's side later on, and the latter's nightmares regarding her, it is implied that she disappeared or died during the whirlwind. And that is all that we know about her. Correct. So, that is pretty sad. Um, the, the, the one thing I do want to add on to that is Varix feels... Athras's absence even now um, and that is strictly coming from a quest um, flavor text so like Varix is saying that he specifically feels her absence mm -hmm. and apparently that comes from several uh, that comes from a couple of yeah. a couple of quests and one of the exo challenges too Yep. So I am cool. going to move on with four, the visionary. In the first several months of her freedom, Aramis curses Misrax, the Forsaken. He is a wish to be Kel, a captured traitor, a four armed dreg, cringing before a false queen, playing pretend among the enemies of the Elixni. And worst of all, the most humiliating, he has 
beaten Aramis. She has failed to acquire the Siva weapon, failed to shame the Guardians, failed to reignite the fires of the House of Devils. Her failure haunts her. Now she sits in the bridge of her stolen catch, straight-spined, staring, staring at some distant point that she has long passed, one she can never return to. Atrax, youngest of her council, watches her from across the room. She closes the gap between them. Michael, she says. She has a voice like a child. Aramis is quiet for a beat longer than she needs to be. Finally, she says, You are too young to remember the old house, what the devils were before. Atrax bows her head out of respect. This failure has no sting for you, Aramis bites, bitter. Atrax keeps her head bowed, then slowly she raises it. Her eyes dart over Aramis's face, searching. I am too young to remember, she agrees. But my eyes are clear. I can see what the devils will be. Aramis opens her mouth to remind Atrax of her place, and then she pauses. Something in her mind has unlocked. She stands to her full, towering height, stretching her second set of arms. No, she says. Clarity has descended on her like a Rees rain shower. The devils are nothing. She begins to walk out of the room, purpose in her step. Fire reignited in her belly. The devils are dead. House of Anarchy. House of Ruin. House of Aramis. We must become something new. Hey, Elemis, it's your favorite. It's eight track tapes. Fuck. <laughs> so we know um, eight tracks from the raid. And mm -hmm. that's the second encounter? Correct. Yeah. So the frustrating second encounter for some groups. I really like the second encounter. It's good. It's good. It, it's like, a lot of fun. But like, I love that raid. <laughs> Period. I love that raid too. I love the raid. 63 clears and counting. Oh my god, that is so many. Um, so that's, that's where we know Atrax from, but from this, we now know that Aramis is, uh, very frustrated because she's, things are not going to plan because she thought she'd be, you know, boss queen by now. She is not, but honestly, trying to acquire Siva is very difficult because, um, uh, lots of people have tried to acquire Siva and have failed. So just putting that out there. Well, and, and that specifically is calling out the zero hour mission. It is, which I appreciate that they put into lore. Like. Because we thwarted that. Right. And and it's it's funny because at the very end, the boss of that mission, it, it was... I 
don't remember the actual name of the boss, but I remember that the actual title was Sworn to Aramis. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was an early nod to this is a story thread that we are going to go down. I really like that. I like that a lot. I do, too. And see, I did not even remember that. I ran it enough. I ran it a lot, too, but I don't remember the names of enemies because it doesn't even occur to me because I just do the shooty shoots. I don't read. <laughs> Which we've established long ago. Yeah. Yeah. But that's great that they actually like pulled in the zero hour mission into that. I enjoy that fact. The fact I'm that they were like... I'm sad that we can't run that mission anymore. Right. And I, I agree to an extent. It makes sense why we can't anymore. Because at this point, we finished off the uh, the actual big boss for it. Uh, yeah, the actual boss's name is Cyrix, loyal to Aramis. That's cool. But like... Campaign-wise, we taken care of Aramis, so why is this person going to steal Siva for Aramis? <laughs> because it's a fun mission, and I want to do it again. That's it. Oh, I, I agree. Uh, on the side, if we can do Devil's Lair... And that's in a bubble of 2014. Oh my god, right? Why can't we do zero hour? That annoys so, me. That annoys the shit out of me. Okay. Like. But we could just pull all these things out of the Destiny Vault. It's fine. No, it's not. Either be consistent and put it into the story and make it make sense as to why we're running these old fucking things. Because you just want us to have Destiny 1 and Destiny 2. Or let me run my fucking, like, whisper mission, okay? What makes it even worse? All right. What makes it even worse? Okay, I've done the hero version. I haven't done any higher than that. But one of the champions is actually... Uh, I don't remember the actual, like, Elixney name of him. But it talks about how he's a devil baron. So, like, Are you serious? I am dead serious. It's in that first room where all the waves come at come in and um your ghost is trying to open up the laser doors. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the overload champions is a devil's baron. That's annoying. I know. Like the strike is fun, but I get pissed off every time. <laughs> <sighs> All I'm asking for is consistency. Like, if they That's would have said Dusk Baron, I would have been fine. I'm okay with that. Find and replace. Right. All you, That's all you have to do is find and replace. Like, the only way that I, I'm going to be all right with this is if they actually go in and they're like, oh, hey, the House of Devils is trying to be, you know, trying to, to come back. Yeah. And even then, they could have added that as dialogue at the beginning. Mm hmm And it would have been perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't know if you noticed, there is no dialogue at the beginning of that strike. Yeah. Because it's a different ghost. 
That's why there's no dialogue. I think. Different ghost? Yeah. Isn't it not? At the way which You're you're talking about Dinklebot? Yeah. They redid all they those have lines. Them at the beginning? Did they redo all of them? Yep. Okay. Nolan North redid, they redid all of those lines. Jeez, Louise. Mm-hmm. Hmm. If they can redo all the voice lines, they can find and replace like Devil's Baron. Jeez. Well, and, and like honestly, if they would have like a throwaway intro dialogue to that strike from Ikora or something, because we haven't heard from her in a while. She's I too expensive. They can't afford her. That's why we right. haven't heard from her. It's because her actress is too expensive. And I I get that. It's it's more of just like you can only have so much on Zavala. Especially since everyone's hating on him. I think people are turning around on Zavala. They're starting to. Yeah. They're turning around on him. But I don't know. They need to find a new voice actor for Ikora. They need to find new voice actors for a lot of people. They did for for having expensive people. They they found a new voice actor for Elsie. Yep. That one I was a little disappointed about, but I understood why. Yeah. (sighs) We've um, wandered. Should we go? Yeah. (laughs) We should. (laughs) All right. This is five. The Nightmare. As she dissolves the old bonds of House of Devils, Aramis is haunted by shadowed dreams. In one, she relives Twilight Gap. She lunges, driving a sword into the belly of a guardian soldier, grunting as they yell and crumple forward. Another guardian rushes at her head-on before she has time to yank the sword free. But she hears the sound of a shock rifle firing behind her and leans abruptly to the right as the shot fires by and hits the guardian before her with full force. She looks back to see Critis, shimmering with the purple glow of the void as her servitor shields her. Critis tips her head in acknowledgement of Aramis and turns to fire the rifle into another cluster of guardians. Aramis rips her sword free and forges ahead. They are closing in on the city now. Guardians are falling all around her. They are so close. Fast, heavy footfalls come up behind her. Phylax, ferocious and bloodthirsty, shouts to Aramis as she attacks a towering, broad-shouldered guardian. Aramis ducks and slides out of the way. As Phylax makes contact with the guardian's head, Aramis slashes the beast across its side with her sword. He loses his balance, and she kicks his hip, tipping him towards Phylax. In these days, Phylax almost always fights with her bare hands. She breaks his neck. Aramis pushes forward. They are so close. A ferocious laugh erupts to her right, and then the thundering blast of a scorch cannon. Tanix, a blur of whirring machinery, creates explosions of earth and flesh and blood all around them. He keeps laughing. So close. But then, before her, a blinding flash of gold. She sees Elixney burst into flame and ash around her as a gun fires one shot after another. Pools of shining light are the only trace of the victims. 
The guardian wielding the gun is like a tiny sun. Another shot. Critis's servitor. Another. Critis herself. Aramis remembers losing, but she does not remember this. Doesn't remember seeing Phylax evaporate into blowing ash. Doesn't remember the shot that hits her in the chest or the burning fire that explodes through her limbs or her own scream. She wakes with a jolt, breathless. That's some dream. Hey, we know who that is. We know whose golden gun that is. Yep. Hey. It's a Bray. Uh Uh-huh. And a Bray. Tiny golden gun. Yep. Uh, Golden gun shit left and right. Pew, pew. So they do talk about two other members of uh, Aramis's council. There's Critis. You face her in the Empire Hunt, the Dark Priestess. The one who... Which one's that one? Uh, she's right by Aramis's frozen body. Oh, that one. Okay. Yep. The one that boops you off the side. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we also see Phylax, the warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one where you go into the the Vexy area. You, um, yeah, you jump up the thing at the top. Yep. And you sort it. Wait, that, that implies you, I kill it. you don't sort everything. <laughs> I don't sort everything. I have a then murder you, beam. Then you're, then you're doing it wrong. I sort everything. I have a murder everything. beam. Why would I sort things? I have a murder beam. Why would I sort things when I can do it from 40 feet away? I sort everything. Oh. That's what, that's what a bubble's for. That's true. Pop a bubble right on the boss and then just keep going at it. Oh. We do things very differently, Elvis. But again, Titan. Warlock. That's true. Warlock, yeah. Um, <laughs> Getting back to the card. This is a very straightforward card. It's mm-hmm. all about the actual fight at, you know, the Battle of Twilight Gap. Um. And it's just looking it's, at it from an elixir standpoint. It's super cool seeing it from the other side. It it is. It it really is. You know they've got scorch cannons and they mention Tanix here. Um, Tanix going crazy. Which let's be honest, is all the time. It's Tanix going crazy is pretty on brand for Tanix. So. I'm just wondering, like, which life this was for Tanix. God, how many times has he died now? We have killed a form of him, I think, seven or eight times. Jeez Louise. Right. He's a cockroach. Ah. <sighs> At this point, whenever there's a new raid coming out, it's like, all right, where's Tanix? <laughs> oh, I know, right? <laughs> this is a cool... I really like this card, though. Like, I like how dynamic the fight is. Um, Aramis is does a lot of close quarters fighting. 
Um, She likes to really kind of really get in there. She's not much to fight with um, with like a pulse rifle. She's she gets in there with a sword. Um, She she really likes to get get in there close and fight. She really likes to get in there. Yeah, she's ferocious. Oh, yeah. I like it. I mean, I like Aramis is cool. Like, she's a good. She's a good boss, kind of. She's a good enemy. Yeah, she's a good villain. Yeah, she is. And and I like how this book is actually setting her up so that like you can actually get in the mindset of the villain. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I'm going to continue on with right. six. The Herald. The dreams persist. They are old memories, but twisted. Battling a guardian in the prison of elders and falling before their light. Atheris banging on the walls of her sleeping pod, calling for the great machine. She can't sleep. Something in the dreams tells her to travel to Earth's moon, and she follows the sign. On the moon, she fights through corpse-stinking hive like swarms of flies. Their fetid stench is unbearable. Worse than the carcass piles at the prison. Worse than the battlefield of Twilight Gap. They eat and breathe death. And she resents their breath upon her. So she cuts through them like so much tall grass. A knight stalks her deep into the catacombs. Staying on the edge of her hearing. Matching her footsteps. She lets it make the first strike, and when it does, she cracks its exoskeleton armor with her sword. The thrill of the fight, hearing the knight howl as it meets death, is almost comforting. A reprieve from her unsettling dreams. She's painted with hive blood as she continues her advance, and when she finally comes upon the ship, a familiar sight causes her to freeze in her tracks. She remembers this fleet. She remembers seeing them in the sky like black arrows. She remembers the space where the great machine was, and then the blank space where it wasn't. It was all a lesson in dependence. One that took many years to learn. This time, the black arrow speaks to her. She knows it's not Elixney. It's not one of the clumsy tongues of Earth nor the lilting speech of the reef. It is something else, a whisper, but one that is so loud and somehow understood so perfectly. Stop waiting, it says. No one is coming for you. You must be your own salvation. She feels something in all four of her hands, a tingle, a buzz. It reminds her of the broken arc spear. She clenches and unclenches her fists, staring at the sleek surface of the ship. There's power here. Power that she can grasp. But not yet. A waking dream strikes her like lightning. She's transported. The bleak, gray dust of the moon falls away, and she stands in a white plain of whipping ice and snow. It blinds her. 
chases her breath away. Then she is on the moon again, and the whispers are silent. She knows where she must go next. Wow. This is very much, um, uh, we are your salvation, but kind of not thing. And because of that, I'm wondering if this is actually like after Shadowkeep. I think it is. Because before that, it the pyramid was dormant. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's that pyramid, though. Well, it is that pyramid. Because it's yeah. the moon. Uh, we see that she's having nightmares. Mm-hmm. And, like, they Just are like, consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she goes to the moon. She goes mm-hmm. to the pyramid. And as she's going to the pyramid... There's a knight just following her. Mm-hmm. Trying to stay stealthy. And I love the Right. I I have this like Scooby Doo image in my head where Aramis is just walking and this knight is just like tiptoeing behind her. Oh my god. <laughs> I I'm trying to picture it. And it's hilarious. <laughs> right? Knights are not stealthy at all, especially right. if it's one of the big ones, because they can't be, because their swords are real big. Jeez. <laughs> That's what makes it funny. God. It's like, it's like the creeper following Scooby and Shaggy, and they just have no clue it's behind them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... The way it is what the ship says um, to her versus what it said to us is different. Right. Because what it says to us is says, we have heard your cries for help and soon we will answer. And um, then we're like, who are you? And... Then they're like, don't you recognize us? And then they're like, we're not your friend. We're not your enemy. We are your salvation. If you remember the cutscene, which flew everyone into right insane whatever. But they're saying you must be your own salvation, which probably is what made her go seeking the darkness on her own. I, I can setting guarantee Setting her on that. her own path. Yeah, setting her on her own path to go grab a shard and be like, I'm a Ice stasis, powers you know? activate. Yeah. Exactly. Ice, Sailor Moon. Sailor Ice. <laughs> um, now I want a picture of Aramis in like a Sailor Ice outfit. Oh Someone God. draw that for me, please. The one thing I do want to note, we get more information mm-hmm. about the whirlwind. We do, yes. She remembers this fleet. She remembers seeing them in the sky like black arrows. She remembers the space where the great machine was and then the blank space where it wasn't. Because we had covered the fact that the hive were there as well. Right. But the hive are always in the shadows like they uh, the hive always follow with the darkness like pilot fish kind of i i wonder if the i wonder if the hive are 
kind of the heralds of the darkness. Yeah, like pilot fish. Yeah, where like I it, wonder because the hive have to like sus- maybe because they like subsist on darkness, like they need it to survive. Possibly. So just like wherever darkness is, the hive will always be. Maybe. I don't know. I always find it really fascinating well, so- that wherever the darkness is the high bar so the way my i i'm looking at it is the dark fleet is following the traveler the traveler is always terraforming and lifting up civilizations and the hive need to kill in order to survive because of their worms right so the Black Fleet is just purely just following the Traveler because it's trot like we don't even know why. It's just following the Traveler. And the Hive are following the Traveler because it's creating a fancy feast for them. So if we're using the gardener and the winterer analogy, if the traveler is the gardener, the hive are the winnowers? I think it's more of the hive are built into the game as that death rule. Okay. Alright. I'm trying to remember back to the actual rules of the game. I'm interested in all of this. Ishtar Collective. <laughs> We're doing the exact same thing. Da, da, da. Who's going to so, find first? The first rule. <laughs> rule uh, one. Oh, you found it first. Damn a it. living flower with less than two living neighbors is cut off. It dies. Okay. Rule mm-hmm. two. A living flower with two or three living neighbors is connected. It lives. Rule mm-hmm. three. A living flower with more than three living neighbors is starved and overcrowded. It dies. Rule four. Mm-hmm. A dead flower with exactly three living neighbors is reborn. It springs back to life. So I think the hive actually might be the death rule itself. Interesting. I like that. That's clever. Guys, because, let I mean, us know what you think. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. in Books of Sorrow, they talk about how they went on crusades and killed yeah. off entire civilizations. Mm-hmm. That's true. They did. They did kill off entire civilizations, but, I mean, if we go along on that same vein, the Cabal have also done that. Right. I mean, and if we go, we have an example in the newest, one of the newest lore books, um, Empress, they casually mention that in the very first entry, um, how one of the, they're talking about kind of the, the, what they think of their kind of their creation story and how one of the races sees um uh like what the name of like the universe is or like the blanket of the universe and oh but that race is dead because we killed all of them in glorious battle and i'm like okay that's really casual (laughs) 
casual <laughs> genocide needs. <laughs> like, right. good on you, Cabal. That's great. <laughs> Thank and, you know, we also have in Menagerie, um, in the the one when you're trying to pick up all those arc buddies. Uh, do you remember that one? You pick all up the, the three arc buddies and deposit them. All the arcborns. Yeah, how the, those are. That's an actual race. Yeah. Yeah, you're just using an actual race of of sentient beings in a game. Cool cabal. That's neat. Right. Love that. Right. Like, they do it for entertainment. Cool. Yeah, that's that's great. Good job, guys. Neat. That's that's great. Yeah. Well, and it's cool. callous. Sweet meats. Got it. Yeah. Likes to watch himself in <laughs> different ways with his robots. It's it's yep. very callous of him. Oh, God. The worst. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Wept. Okay. I know. So um, this is really kind of left us on a cliffhanger hasn't it yeah it's funny how that works out yeah it's so convenient that we've cut it off at a cliffhanger it's it's then not like i you know right. it's not like i i make Planned the show that notes way. that way or anything no we definitely <laughs> didn't plan it that way that that we cut it off at the end of the episode that she goes and talks to the pyramid ship and they're like you are your own salvation and then or shows her like your own salvation. Shows her a waking dream of ice and snow. Yeah. The waking dream strikes her like lightning. She's transported. The bleak gray dust of the moon falls away. She stands in a white plain of whipping ice and snow. It blinds her, chases her breath away. She knows where she must go next. Really? A white plane of ice and snow. There's literally so many places she could go. Like, I mean, obviously it's the Bahamas. Every she could go to Pluto. It's like every icy snow planet out there. Like, literally every one of them. Why Europa? But I mean, like, good job. Well, but like the thing is, it's specifically talking about. A planet that is habitable. That's true. Which seriously well, limits it now. Yeah. Also, it's one that they've already lived on. Maybe. We'll definitely find out next so. week. We will find out next week. So. Yay. Orchid, shout outs. Go. Shouts for me. Oh, God. I always get to this part and I'm like, I don't have any shout outs. Um, shout outs to, uh, all of you. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to my Valentines who don't listen to the show, but happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. I love you. And also, oh, to also to my Valentines who do listen to the show, so... Happy Valentine's Day to you guys. So, yeah. To all of you. All of you Valentines. Yeah. All of you. I have so many Valentines. You too, Elvis. Happy Valentine's Day. It's almost like you collect them like I collect Pokemon. 
you know what? Happy Valentine's Day to my favorite Pokemon, Oshawott. <laughs> because it looks like an otter. I wonder why I like that one. It's I, I wonder like why. It's because it's an otter. I, I wonder why. I don't know. Shout out, Elmas. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, all of our listeners. Happy Valentine's Day. That's as close to having an actual Valentine as I'm going to get. Well, yeah. They're all my Valentines. Right. You stole them. Yeah. So... That being said, uh, we have some special you things you'd like to give. Shout out your favorite Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Metagross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got four arms. Anyway. Better for hugging. So we would like to give some special thanks. The artwork for this episode is courtesy of Volshock B. You can be found on Twitter at VolshockB. The music in this episode is copyright Bungie. We're able to use it under their fair use policy because they really love their content creators. And if you'd like to dive into Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. They're the resource we use for making our show notes. And for reminders... Thank you, Baxter. (laughs) I left you a pause. I had a strawberry in my mouth. Well, stop using your mouth. <laughs> well, where would I put it otherwise? I know it's Valentine's Day, but it's still <laughs> breakfast. My God. It is too early so, for that shit. So, for reminders, you can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore, at hey it's orchid. And at I underscore am underscore Elemist. You can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you find the podcast. And you can jump in our Discord and message us there. The actual, I mean, in, the actual invite is down in the description thingy. Yeah. Someone just added a bunch of um, emotes to all of our channel names. It wasn't me. It's definitely me. Uh-huh. I said it wasn't me, but it was definitely me. So I like yeah. it. I think it's cute. Of course you do. You did it. Yeah, I didn't. It was somebody else. Mm-hmm. Orchid, just say goodbye. Bye. Happy Valentine's Day. Bye. Take care. <laughs>